You're listening to Data Plus Love. This week I have with me Luke Stanky. Luke is a Zen master. He is a partner at Tessellation. You probably know him from Workout Wednesday. You might see him on Twitter. You could have seen his interviews from TC19 last year. Uh, but anyway, I'm here with Luke. Luke, how are you today? Oh, lovely. It's a lovely evening. The, your listeners don't know that, but here we are. And uh, this is going to be a fun little conversation, Zach. Can't wait to dive in and dissect some of my visualizations and have a nice little conversation about data. Luke's already knocking down the fourth wall. Like this could have been recorded anytime. Now you know it's in the evening and all of my secrets are revealed. So it's out there now. Thank you for that. Well, the, the sun is setting in your background of our, of your Zoom that you don't share, but it, you know, a little giveaway. Well, I also have every light blazing in my office, so I show up on video, so there's that too. So this is not a restful situation for me. I've got like 100 watts like straight in the eyes. Uh, But anyway, it's great to be talking with you. Um, I had never met you in person before um, when I came into town for an Edward Tufte seminar in the fall, which, yeah, that happened. Um, So... Uh, long story, my, my buddy David Kelly and I were on a business trip. We were coming to see Tufty. Uh, we we're going to take the opportunity to uh, go and see the awesome tug in the Twin Cities, uh, which we arrived about 30 minutes beforehand uh, at the airport and took an Uber right over. So we've literally walked off a plane into a tug. And I was super impressed. Uh, the Twin Cities tug is really mature and organized. Um, which we can't say of ours, we're a very fledgling tug and we probably have about 20 people that show up regularly. And that is when people could show up places, which is now a nostalgic thing to talk about. Um, But while we're in town, uh, Luke randomly reached out because he had not made it and said, hey, you guys want to get dinner? And that was a pretty cool thing because I didn't know you from Adam. I'd never really talked to you on Twitter or anything. And you just kind of saw some folks are in town and we went to Pizzeria Lola and it was a really great evening. Uh, Luke, are you always nice? I'm always nice, especially when people come to town. I feel like uh, it's a great time to host. The funny thing is, though, you arrived about 30 minutes before the tug and then drove up the very long 35-minute drive to the Tableau user group, and I was still on a plane. I had just arrived. I was like, oh, I'm going to miss out. Like, I love when people come to town, and then they, they go to the user group. It's always just a good time to connect. So I missed you, and I was like, you know what I'll do? I'll just reach out on Twitter. And maybe they'll just want to get pizza randomly right by my house because, you know, it's like the best pizza. And uh, it it was a really short sell because, you know, you were actually staying pretty close by. Uh, And if I remember, you walked like uh, two miles or something through an unknown part of town. You didn't have no idea where you were going. That was a craft shoot. Like for being in a new area you're not familiar with and just deciding this is two miles, that two miles could have a, a wide degree of variance. And it was kind of interesting because we hadn't really seen the Twin Cities before. So there are lots of residential areas. Um, there were like, you know, some sort of like revival areas. There was like a mall that we cut through randomly. That's America's um, first mall, that mall that you randomly cut through, America's very first indoor mall. Well, I mean, it would have to be there, right? It's like there's about <laughs> seven months of the year where the Twin Cities are uninhabitable. Um, so, like, the very first settlers built this mall as refuge from uh, the harsh weather. Yes, that's – well, as I've said, I used to live in Charlotte a long time ago. Um, you get five months of the year, you get to choose – you know, you get good weather in – Every place, but in California, you get to choose what five months you want. It's either in the summer or the winter. 
and I choose to have it in the summer because that's when the days are the longest. Meanwhile, if you're living in, say, Charlotte, like I was, the only nice time is in the winter when the days are the shortest. So it was a logical decision to move back to the area where it is absolutely freezing in the middle of winter. For the benefit of beautiful summers, like right now, I'm looking out a window and uh, it's, a, it's a perfect night out. And you're just stipulating too, like you're, you're really, you're feeling this. So, I mean, I, I am surprised that there was as much of a conscious mathematical decision behind this. You're, you're literally like, wait a second, hold on. There's a solution to this problem and I can quantify it. Oh, I'm a little bit of a nerd like that, but back to pizza. Okay. I have a hypothetical for you. Okay. You have a choice. You only can have one of these things for the rest of your life. Which one is it going to be? Pizza? burgers or tacos well burgers is last it's it's a it's a running gunfight for me between tacos and pizza both of which even when they're bad are pretty decent but i've had some very bad burgers like if you get a dry burger it's really hard to like reconcile that um gosh i have to go tacos man interesting i love both and that's like the toughest question for me whether it's gonna be tacos or pizza because they're basically like a taco is almost like a pizza, but you just fold it and you have this little nice little vessel for flavor. And there's lots of great spots around town. So I'm always just like, what if I only had the choice between one or the other? I'm going pizza all day. I love pizza. Do you know that I have my own pizza oven in my backyard? This is the, I could have had you over for pizza instead of, you know, go walking five blocks. I could have been like, hey, let's make some fresh pizzas. Cause I always have dough ready to go. And uh, yeah, I make, well, like I guess the, the 30 I miles digress, I walk. I digress. <laughs> the 30 miles or so I walked to the pizza restaurant worth it. I mean, we really just had time to kill. I think uh, that was the day uh, David and I went to the Tufty seminar, which uh, was kind of cool. Cause we got his books, but honestly, if, can, can I do this? Can I, can I, can I just go into this? Okay. If you've never attended Edward Tufty's seminar, it is kind of fascinating and bizarre. Like, he is in full professor mode in the fact that he gives you a study hall beforehand. So he hands out like his little little paper briefcase with his four books in it. And he has like a required reading sheet for you to read for an hour before the thing starts. You go and read these things from like the sacred tomes. And then what he talks about has absolutely nothing to do with anything you just read. It's I think he kind of for the the morning session, I was going, like, this is interesting. Like, I haven't gained any appreciable skills from this from any kind. Like, there's nothing I could go back and say to my boss, like, this is what I learned. This is what we need to do. Uh, and then the afternoon session kind of digressed into a rant about why everyone should own their own healthcare data, which I don't really disagree with. But also, I didn't know why I was being told it or why I paid for it. But, you know, it was fun and I got to have a really nice business trip. And honestly, the tug and some of the connections I made there between seeing you, my friend Vince Baumel, meeting some of the other Twin City folks was really awesome. And uh, there's a really nice community up there. I think that I, I, I delayed talking about anything just so that I could get you to tell that story. Uh, and I should have just been like, hey, Zach, could you just tell me how the, the Tufty session went when you came up to Twin Cities? I certainly love the work that he's done. However, you had a really interesting story. And I'm glad that you shared. Well, it's, I mean, look, on, on one hand, I feel like I, I kind of want that Tufty ban because like that's that's some street cred right now. You know, if Tufty gets at What Zach is talking you. about is that Tufty loves to block people on Twitter and all Zach really wants to do is be blocked by Edward Tufty. So Mr. Tufty, Dr. Tufty, Sir Tufty, uh, if you are you listening, just block Zach and let's get it over with. 
I mean, if anyone else wants to block me too, like Jeffrey Schaefer, if you want to block me, I I did like jokingly like make fun of you in a previous episode, which was totally tongue in cheek. But I understand if you want to block me, you know, anyone that wants to block me, like block me. But like if you're cooler, like make a statement that you're blocking me like I would like that. Like I would feel rebellious and I'm really not rebellious. But I mean, it's funny because I, I was going to the session and I was texting with Josh Smith, Data Jackalope right before. And I'm like, you know, it's like, this seems kind of fine. And he's like, my, like my whole group left in the afternoon. I'm like, really? It's like, it's, you, you weren't getting anything. He's like nothing. So like I'm doing the morning session and we're taking a coffee break. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know why you left. It doesn't seem like that big a deal. He's like, wait for it. Then in the afternoon, <laughs> It's like, it's just, he, he does these two different, he does two different styles of presentation during the entire thing. There are these sessions where he's standing up and he's really engaged and passionate and there's like stuff happening on screen and he's like motioning to it. And then there are other times when he walks back to the stool, he puts in the glasses and all the energy dies in the room. And uh, it's, it's, it's very fascinating to watch him sort of jump between those two things. Also, his website looks like it was made from GeoCities in 1997. Which, as I've said, if you're, if you're the godfather of data visualization, like, I shouldn't be seeing walls of text. Iconic. Can't break it. It's an icon. It's the seas of text that, uh, that tell you he's serious. Well, you know, we, no, I have no, nothing to say about that. You know what? That's, I said it. You're safe, Luke. You're not getting banned. <laughs> Take ban me, Tufty. I'm sorry. Anyway, so you're um, how, have you always been with Workout Wednesday from the very beginning? Like for those of you that don't know Workout Wednesday, it's one of the big social exercises that sort of the data community and Tableau more specifically participates in. You've got the workout, I mean, the Makeover Mondays, the Sports Fizz Sundays, and Workout Wednesday is sort of like the, it's like the leg day if I were to compare it to athletics, because I have to make a bad comparison to something in every episode. Workout Wednesday is the leg day in that I don't want to do it of all the exercises, meaning like you're going to get a lot out of this, but it's going to be hard. Zach, I loved leg day. Just going to be very clear. <laughs> all, all, the, all the power comes, it's actually all the power comes from the core, Zach. Okay. And Workout Wednesday, no, I was not involved from the get-go. Uh, Andy Kreeble, and Emma White started it the year prior in which I got involved. In fact, I only did maybe one or two the entire first year. Uh, and it was taken over by Roddy, who was a, a Zen master as well at the time. And um, I made the mistake, a fatal mistake of reaching out and saying, hey, if you ever need help, like just every once in a while, I'll be happy to help out. Um, and he was like, hey, maybe instead of that, you should help out like say every other week. So I started doing that and, uh, you know, Roddy had some things come up and I, I sort of had to take over a lot more of the duties in the, in the first year that I was doing it. I eventually was like, Hey, Anne, do you want to help out a little bit? I could really use your help. Anne was a big time participator. And I mean, obviously still is, but as an active uh, person who was doing the challenges and, uh, she joined in and it's, uh, you know, it's been a few years since and we've had, uh, people like Curtis Harris, who joined the team last year for the entire year, and uh, Lorna Brown now, uh, who's joined also last year and has stayed on all the way. And um, so we've had a lot of, of people come in support because it does take a lot to come up with challenges. That said, um, I've got a lot of challenges that I've saved up over the years. I've like my second challenge ever I made two and a half years ago, I still am holding on to because I think. It might be a little too hard for everybody, 
Um, so I'm just kind of like maybe waiting till it's my last one to share it. Plus it's like great book and I've saved it however long it will take. Um, but I'm not like, it, it might be leg day. And I've heard the podcast, Zach. I've heard the comments <laughs> Makeover Monday. I've listened to a few episodes or sorry, I've listened about Workout Wednesday and I heard what you had to say. And I understand. I feel it's like pain. eating your vegetables. Nobody wants to do work for their free time. However, it's a great learning opportunity. And I have to say that I've learned more from being Workout Wednesday than I could have ever imagined. Sure, I knew a lot before, but now it's like the, my reflexes with Tableau are second nature. I can think about a problem and have, have a working idea of how it's going to be solved in a matter of seconds because of all that practice, right? Uh, and I think that a lot of people who are participating, it's a very niche group, right? We have a lot of participants, but the core repeat folks are, are looking to do the same. And they have clearly have the skill set to really just be able to solve any problem. And I'm not trying to trick anyone either. I should stop talking. And like, <laughs> I can talk about this all day. And we're going to. We still have at least 20 to 25 minutes to kill. No, I mean, I definitely see the value. And honestly, I should be doing Workout Wednesday. Because while I often have to do those super tricky, I, I never get anything straightforward at work. I'll put it that way. I, I'm advanced to the level now where I never get an easy assignment. Everything that's coming my way is difficult. Um, and if I were to participate in Workout Wednesday more, I know I would develop some of those areas to get to my idea for the fix faster. And I mean, there's plenty of stuff in Tableau that are huge deficiencies for me. And I am 100% aware of it. Um and honestly, I should work on it. So, I mean, it's definitely something that I should be doing. And I just honestly don't have the uh, the stamina right now, I think. Like, I need to work up to it. Well, I think that a lot of people are intimidated by it. I think that, you know, there's a lot of components that make it fearful. The idea that, right, Workout Wednesday means it's going to be like inherently challenging based on the fact that it's a workout and that maybe in a single day, you know, it's a Wednesday. So you're thinking, oh, I have to get it done on Wednesday. And I feel like that's the the misnomer of it is that it has to be done that day. Otherwise you don't get credit for it or someone else is going to solve it when really it's not about that. Like it could be a Tuesday, like it could be a whole week later. It could be a month later. Um, and for us, it's the, the only commonality with Wednesday is that we release it on Wednesday Pacific time, which is now Tuesday. So after we, you know, we're recording this on a Monday, Tomorrow for us is uh, in the U.S. is a, a Wednesday for APAC. So I'll already be releasing a challenge out uh, tomorrow. And I, I no longer know what day or time it was, but that digression was fascinating. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, I definitely, I, yeah, it's the doing of the exercise that's most important, not the timing. And I think with Makeover Monday in particular, it's there's the temptation like, oh, man, I got to do it Monday, because if I don't do it Monday, someone else is going to do my idea. But with Workout Wednesday, since you're just trying you're trying to solve the problem, you're like in an escape room for Tableau. Like it's not necessary. You're going to come up with something that looks like everyone else's like that's the goal. So it's a Sudoku. It's not an art project. Um, so Sudoku where there's multiple ways to solve the problem. And that's the. Once you start nerding out, that's where the fun is, uh, whether you like it or not. If that's in, and that's, again, it's not for everybody, and nor do it, nor should it be. Um, 
but that's the fun of it is finding uh, different solutions that might not be out there that other people might not have thought of. And that's, that's the nerd out tab- Welcome to the tableau of true nerd zone here. And I'm saying this all as someone that actually had one, like I Luke used one of my visas for a workout Wednesday once, which totally confused me. I'm like, okay, I didn't think this was that cool, but sure. Um, and then we presented it together, which was really fun, but yeah, it's, um, that's very ironic that I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this. I think that if, you know, that was such great timing because you shared that biz with me and I was like, oh, the, to me, I responded to it. Certainly it's somewhat out of the box for a lot of people, but there's so many ways to solve that challenge. And that's the way I looked at it. It was like, oh, something that's really flexible that anybody would have to really think about how to do. And there's small nuances to it that we'll throw in there and I think that's the fun of it. And for me, it's always, for lately, I've matured in the way that I present a problem. And this is just because I've had to do so many over time is that now I'm not thinking about how do I make it hard? I'm thinking about how do I make a simple challenge that only requires five, maybe up to five calculations and make it still engaging for the audience that is going to be into it. Uh, How do I make it engaging for the those folks and then maybe like give some expectation uh, and also make it usable. So if you look back in my last year, almost everything is a bar chart or a table because I really wanted to make it super applicable to anybody. And um, eventually here this year, you're going to see a little more fancy stuff from me that harkens back to the good old times when I was much more of a uh, use the math to figure out how to solve a problem. And you can see that if you look back through Luke's Tableau portfolio, like a lot of the early, like if you go back through anyone's portfolio that has enough volume, you're going to see like different eras almost. It's like archaeology. There's the different levers of strata. And a lot of your earlier stuff was a lot more artsy, a lot more chord charts, a lot more sort of like the out there stuff. And since then, you've really drilled down and become a lot more technical, but sort of focused technical rather than like artsy technical. I mean, is that a fair uh, way to put it? Yeah, I think that's exactly it. Um, it's part uh, it's part time, right? Uh, because I don't have enough time to invest in making some really cool stuff. But it's also trying to take feedback from the community as it comes over several years, not an immediate bit and make some of the stuff more accessible. So I think four years ago, when folks would have looked at something, they would have said, that's great, but no one's going to do that ever. And then you have someone like Tuan who comes around and just makes a whole community around that. And I'm like, oh, that's super cool. Um, it's And it, I love that he does that because there's a need to be able to create things that are extremely unique. And there needs to be instruction, uh, instructions for it. And he does that. And he does it without shame, which is what I think anybody who's doing that should do. Because there's a place for it. There's a time and a place, whether, it's, uh, whether it makes sense in business context or not. Sometimes visuals need to pop for senior leaders. And that's just the reality of it. I think of it like concept cars. I remember my dad always used to have Motor Trend and all the car magazines. And you'd always see the cover of the magazine and they would show the latest concept car, like the big car that they showed at the show that year that may never actually come to see reality. But the ideas implemented in that car 
may influence other products down the line. And I think that's what sometimes doing the unorthodox chart types lead to. They may not necessarily be useful in themselves or even applicable to anything. Sometimes it's just a, hey, did you know you could do this? But out of that, hopefully comes new ideas and things that could be more useful or you know used more widely. It's, it's not a concept. Once you put an instruction to it, then it's a production vehicle. And uh, that's what I think you see Tuan doing is putting something into production that wouldn't wouldn't have been there a year ago or two years ago or four years ago. And I can certainly appreciate it. And I, I appreciate your story of coming to work out Wednesday because very similar to how I ended up teaching five years of children's Sunday school as someone that did not actually have children at the time. So uh, sometimes definitely uh, being in the right place at the right time and being willing can lead to uh, can lead to doing something interesting that you wouldn't have planned on doing otherwise. Yeah, I just remember the very first workout Wednesday, and I did it um, be, only because I was like, what is this thing? And, oh, you think you can do that fast? Like, I can do that fast, too. I didn't share it with anyone, but I was like more in my head of like, I can do that. Like, that's not that big of a deal. And here I, here I am doing the same. I'm now leading it, but I hope that other people are thinking that same thing and doing it by themselves just for the practice of it. It's worth the time. It's worth the effort. Um and I don't care if you don't share, share it or not, or if you don't get it all the way done, because um, it's the practice and understanding how to use it and, and pushing yourself. More than anything, it's pushing yourself to be great at whatever you're doing. Amen to that, man. So um, I was looking back through your portfolio because obviously you have quite a few visits in there. A lot of them are Workout Wednesdays, but I really appreciate some of your earlier work. And there's one visit that stood out to me that I had totally forgotten about before. But you have one of my favorite visits, like period, and that's you have an incredible superstore cord, which I was saying uh, to you earlier that I don't know how everyone hasn't seen this viz, but it's truly like it's a wonderful technical feat using the superstore data set. But it's also like truly beautiful, like the way that you put this together using multiple techniques and knit it all together. It's worth seeing for yourself. I'll include a link in the show notes like I usually do. No one looks at show notes. I know I don't. But if you're hearing this. Hopefully you have Google handy and you can pull this biz up, but it's just one of my favorites. Um, this is, I take it back from your more experimental era, back when you were twanning it up. Oh, it, it's actually not. Um, I, I, I did this one, I think just a year and a half ago um, when I was like, I'm going to, it was actually one of my earlier for, forays into writing a blog post. And I was like, I'm going to write a blog post on something that I've sort of half done before, but just actually come up with the solution for it. And yeah, I, I, I like it too. Obviously I've, I don't usually, sh- I have a lot of stuff, side, side topic to all this. I have a lot of stuff that goes in a, does do not complete, just incomplete folder and just sits there. Probably at least half of my work doesn't actually see the light of day. Um, but this one, I was really happy with how it came out for a couple of reasons. And there's some small things with it is that first you can do fully customized spacing around the cord and the dot that's associated with it. And then I was like, it's great to be able to have a a dot that shows you the size of any, or a line that shows the the size of any, um, right? Basically the volume that's crossing over that cord. But I wanted to also indicate that with a bar coming off of the cord as well. And it does involve a little bit of math, Zach. This one is not an, not an easy one. By this any is not means. a Zach fizz. This is a this is not an easy one for anyone. I just I actually remember um, 
who reached out to this is this is, we're gonna i'll make you do a little cut here well, he's digressing so i actually popped this one open when i first looked at it and you weren't joking about the math because i remember trying to wrap my head around what you were doing originally and it was made way more complex than i originally anticipated but i'm not surprised because the level of sort of technical feat that went into it really is impressive and um it's not okay i usually find core charts to be sort of a useless novelty and I'm saying that as someone that likes making useless novelties, but like oftentimes they're a very attractive way of showing something more poorly. And I think this one actually conveys a lot of information really usefully uh, that often gets left to the side when a chord chart is. Yeah, you just kind of have to think about what the intent of a chord chart is or what the alternative would be. And the alternative that you'd have is some sort of matrix where you'd have, you know, rows of information of members of some group and then columns of it. It would be like fully crossed and you'd see the counts across and it'd be impossible to interpret uh, in a giant table. So I think, you know, trying to come up with a useful chord diagram and then find that perfect arc that doesn't like over, over accentuate the arc, but also doesn't under accentuate. Actually, remember now a lot of, a lot of bad memories are coming back with this visualization because, uh, Roddy again had a similar, he did like a triple play uh, chord diagram that this is sort of based upon. But what I didn't like with it is that the arcs, regardless of how far they covered in the chord diagram, they all sort of went the same distance. So I had to do a, a bunch of research to figure out how do I make the arc go in a certain amount uh, so that it's a little bit different for each one and it doesn't like over bend in. Uh, and there was a lot of trial and error to get this right. I probably went through like 80 revisions. I'm not joking, like 80 revisions of this thing before I was okay with it. Um, but now I'm less picky, and I think I do a lot less of it because um, there takes so long to for me to get to a point where I like them. And if I just make something that's super simple and uh, like I'm on a workout Wednesday, I don't have to you know, overthink it at this point. Because uh, as like someone like Spencer Bakke will uh, will – attest he would say that i spend way too much time on we, we collaborated on several, several visits um of those we looked at the stock market you know, based on presidential history and we probably spent two and a half months making that viz um, because i do a lot of iterations and i don't i get really picky on certain parts of it and it's got to be perfect then we also did one for the Oscars based on the fact that the, the Oscar nominations are still tending toward less towards people of color. And we spent a lot of time on that and we came up with so many iterations. And for that one, we ended up with something a lot simpler. Um, but point being is that I hate spending time uh, or I don't, I, I try to find simple things because I do get caught up in all the details. And that's why I'm terrible, terrible for, uh, iron viz is because I get caught up on like one chart and looking at one detail and trying to get one pixel correct. I'll spend hours trying to get that thing correct. Well, in a way, this is the most Zach Bowders chart ever because my whole aesthetic recently, and you can go back and look through my history and see this, is I want to create just one chart that says something as opposed to creating like 15 charts that show a lot of things because I have very little attention span. And I'd rather get in, get quick, like show you something and get out. Um, and yes, this is worthy of your final workout Wednesday. Uh, but I mean, it's 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 very elegant. I mean, it it the difficulty shows, man, but it was worth it. 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I, I, I certainly, if it got posted, I probably like something about it. Let's talk about movies though. Let's, let's, let's talk about movies. So I brought up movies and, you know, the, we could either talk about best movie of the decade or let's just talk. I've got a list here. Okay. Uh, it's the top movies or sorry, it's the best picture nomination for 2019. I'm just curious, you know, I don't care if you've seen all of them or not. Okay. That's the 2020. I need actually the one. I, I have two small children. I've seen maybe zero of these. I, I'm saying this as someone that loves movies. It's hard to get out. I love movies. It's the one thing that when I'm not working, that I'm working while I'm, I'm watching, you know, one of those, like, I'm always working, Zach. So there's that issue that we can unpack later, but I've seen all the Best Picture nominations. So last year, the 2020, well, it's this year, the Oscars with 2020, but in 2019, that's how it goes. Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Woman, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Actually, it's a, a, from an average, when we're talking about Oscar Best Picture years, we're talking about an above average. But I'm curious, what was your favorite movie? Maybe it's not even on this list. What was your favorite movie of last year? That's a great question, um, because my favorite movie of last year would probably be a movie uh, from like three or four years before. Because again, small children. I will say the other day, I finally watched Joker. Everyone was super impressed by it. You know, all the news outlets were promising. A lot of violence surrounding it, which was disappointing that that didn't happen, of course. But um, it was fine. Like, uh, I get what they were going for. And I definitely get the aesthetic. It was a good looking movie, well filmed. But at the end of the day, like, I didn't really get why it was the Joker. It was just kind of a great movie about uh, societal ills and mental illness, but not necessarily a Joker movie. And I'm, of course, saying this as someone that's a bit of a comic book nerd, as you heard way too much of on my episode with Udit. I'm still meaning to watch Parasite because I've enjoyed several other films by that director, um, Snowpiercer and The Host, um, which if you haven't watched Snowpiercer, a lot of uh, a lot of acts of violence. Well, I've, I've seen it. Uh, I'm, I'm up on my movie. Uh, Parasite, great movie. I would rank it. Out of the best picture noms, I'd rank it number two behind Marriage Story. But the biggest travesty, this is my whole point of this, the biggest wow. travesty of all of this, the best movie of last year wasn't even on this list. The best movie last year was Us. And for familiar okay. with Us. Okay. okay, keep going, keep going. So Us, same director as Get Out, Jordan Peele, put the movie together. And I thought when I watched it, and I... Don't get me wrong. I watched it on a plane. I was flying back from college. <laughs> but I watched most of these movies on a plane. And I will say that the storyline and the creativity behind the movie is once in a generation in terms of thought. And the whole, there isn't a missing piece from it that should have gotten it uh, from being a best picture movie. And I actually think it's the same story as Parasite, but it's a better movie. And I think Parasite was really good, but I think Us was like mind-blowing. I'm glad I get to say this now. So I did see Us. My team likes to once a quarter go see a scary movie. So we were all hyped for Us. We all liked Get Out. Um, I thought Get Out was spectacular. Um, I didn't like Us. 
And I mean, oh, honestly, oh, yeah, I'm so I'm so happy that you said that because I get to take the opposite point of view. I thought it was about an hour too long. I thought it would have been a great Twilight Zone episode, but I, th I thought it was a little bit long um, for the basic concept. I'm not going to spoil anything for it or anything. It's a good movie. Like, you should see it. Um, I liked it part two quite a bit, but part one was way better. I'm not even a scary movie person. My team just enjoys doing that. And it's something I like doing with them. Us isn't even a scary movie. That's the It's thing. not a scary movie. Us is more like, like a comedy. The best part <laughs> is that it's classified as a horror movie. It's not a horror movie. Parody of the fact that it's in that category, but it's not at all the same, that type of movie. And you're like, huh, that's very interesting that they're like, this is a horror movie. Does it follow some of the genre? Of course it does, but it's not a horror movie. This movie got a miss because it got in the wrong category. Brilliant movie. You know what? I'm going to agree with you on that 100%. It's not a horror movie. And I can tell you that I wasn't sure at the time because I took a Benadryl right before because I was having allergies. So I was very sedate watching that movie. And I was also really unsure if I was supposed to be scared because other people in the theater were at times. Honestly, there were aspects of it that were clearly creepy, but nothing where I was just like, oh man, this is really scary. In fact, there were so many laugh out loud parts for me that again, I wasn't sure if it was because I had just taken Benadryl or if that was an intentional act. Maybe Us, I need to rewatch it. Maybe it needs another shot. Us is a social commentary of 2020 back in 2019. That's all I can say about it. If you're not seeing the parallels, then... Uh, you know, I, I, then I spend too much time watching movies and I'm trying to like overanalyze. Having said that, what you should look out for next, Lovecraft Country is coming to HBO. The book is incredible. If you've never read the book Lovecraft Country, um, I'm not going to go into too much detail. It's essentially knit together short stories. Um, it's spectacular. I can't recommend it highly enough. And the series is going to be amazing. Also, when did The Ballad of Buster Scruggs come out? That was also a great movie, but that might have been 2018. I think that's a 2018. And that was a... That's a fun movie. I like that. Netflix original. But we digress from data. This is a We digress. Sorry, this is the part where all of you tuned out about five minutes ago. Having said that, we're coming to the end of our time and I have had a blast. Luke is a lot of fun. Um, try workout Wednesday, guys. Seriously, I can't recommend it highly enough. In that there are muscles that you're probably not getting to work out that you're going to develop and it's really going to enhance your skills if you get in there. Um, Luke, anything you want to promote? Anyone you want to shout out before we wrap up today? give a shout out to my team they work hard every day and that's all you know whole team can name them all too many people to name um i'd like to thank god without god I wouldn't be where i am and uh and your agent and my agent can't forget my agent and uh production company too without with all cea goes a long way wonderful human beings also and with that to uh my mom hey mom and uh, my family up in the upper deck I, I'm editing all of this out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you for coming, Luke. Guys, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Um, go on iTunes and leave a little review if you can. It's always helpful for helping new people find it. And I would like people beyond my immediate Twitter friends to hear this eventually because we've got some a lot more cool guests coming up. And I just like getting to know people behind the biz. So with that, thank you, Luke. Until we Thanks, talk again. Zach. I, I'll, I'll, I'll just say thank you very much. I'm sorry I was giving you a hard time at the end there with <laughs> shout outs. Uh, it's very gracious of you to have me come and join. Love to talk about so many more things, but unfortunately, uh, you know, you have to have a time limit on these. I can't believe you edited out so much of this. Now I just sound so smart. 
And right now he's watching the stopwatch uh, leading up to my time limit and just toying with me viciously. Oh, there's a stopwatch somewhere? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Zach, again. I greatly appreciate it. Thanks, Luke. Data Plus Love is recorded and produced by Zach Bowders. Our music track is We Are Legends by Alex Stoner. Hey, you're still here? Um, You're probably waiting for like the next podcast uh, to kick in, probably something better. Um, Thanks for hanging on. Anyway, if you're picking up what we're putting down, uh, consider buying us a cup of coffee on ko-fi.com slash d-a-t-a-p-l-u-s-l-o-v-e. Um, just, you know, drop $3 in our tip bucket. It helps us buy better equipment. It helps us uh, pay for razor blades to keep me from looking like a wolf man. And it keeps uh, Mark's head looking so shiny and beautiful. Anyway, thanks for listening. We'll never put anything behind a paywall. And thanks to your patronage. Have a great day. Hey, thanks for sticking around to the end. I really appreciate you listening to the Data Plus Love podcast. If you'd like to see more about what we're up to with the show, go to anchor.fm slash data plus love. Just spell it out, not a literal plus sign. Here you'll be able to see our library of episodes as well as interact with them either through polls or comments or leave a voicemail message that I'll put on an episode. You can interact with me personally by joining me on Twitter. I'm at Zach Bowders, not hard to hunt down. And if you like what you're hearing, consider leaving a tip for us or signing up for a small monthly donation at our ko-fi.com slash data plus love. Buying a cup of coffee for the show is just $3 and you can get more if you choose or sign up to give that $3 or more monthly. Either way, I really appreciate it. Lastly, if you'd like to see more of my public data viz work, check me out on Tableau Public. So go to public.tableau.com and search for Zach Bowders. I'm the only one. You won't have trouble finding me. I promise. So thanks again for hanging on to the end of the show. I really appreciate all of your listens. And until next time, this has been Zach Bowders for the Data Plus Love Network.